Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Because I think it's I think there's a caricature that's played or portrayed from people from New York in general. Yeah. But also like people of color from New York. Mm-hmm. Like I want to show what it's like being a unicorn in the Bronx. Stop a New York, I know you Every morning that I wake up, I think about my humans. What's up? Uh, welcome to episode five of La Mescla. Thank you so much to everybody who's listened to the first four. Uh, and please, if you haven't already, like the page on Facebook and uh, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. I know I'm a broken record, um, but anything that'll help get more ears on this podcast uh, is great because I want more people to know about these uh, mixed race experiences. My guest today is Karen Sepulveda. I am so excited for you guys to hear our conversation. Uh, Karen is a Dominican and Black uh, actor, writer, producer, director, improviser. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with Karen on a couple of projects before. Uh, she's an absolute delight. Uh, we talked about growing up in the Bronx, uh, reconciling uh, her Blackness with her Dominicanness. Uh, we talked about transitioning into the acting and comedy community. Uh, We talked about relationships. It was a really, really wonderful, wide-ranging conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Well, thank you for doing it. It was really, really nice. Yeah, I mean, I always, I love talking about identity. Yeah, why? Well, maybe we should save that for the conversation. Oh, we've been recording. Oh, we have? Yeah, You're yeah, yeah. fucking kidding me. <laughs> I'm going to cut out, like, pretty much everything that happened until, like, that right there. Okay, great. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I do talk about how I didn't realize or didn't, quote-unquote, learn I was black until I went to college. What? Yeah, because being Dominican, there uh, is no such thing as you're black or white. Like... You're like they they call dif- they call them different shades. So like they'll say like like trigueño is like a darker skinned person or like mm-hmm. like blanquita or la negra or whatever like that. So and we never used to call I never used to call myself black or like black American and also Dominicans are super prejudiced and have a ton of like un like unconscious racism okay so and I won't say everyone because there's always that like when I talk to my mom about it she's always like well that's uh, not everybody is like that or not everyone is like 
And I'm like, no, not everyone, but there's a, such a strong unconscious bias towards dark-skinned people um, and yeah, Haitians. In, in every culture. In every culture, yeah. But just because our history with uh, sharing the island with Haiti is, like, so crazy and intense mm. that there's this there's this general... I feel like there's this general feeling on the island that you have to claim your Dominicanness in order to not be labeled as Haitian and not be labeled as black. Wow. Do you go back to the island often? I haven't been in such a long time. How long? Um, since, like, January of 2016. Okay. So, like, a few years. Yeah. I guess not that long. But the last time I went... I mean, nothing to do with, like, race or color or anything. I just was so fucking bored. Like, I, I was Why? there with my mom and her husband. Oh, so you couldn't, like, do anything? Yeah, I was so bored. Nobody my age. And then when... Well, that's, like, when... Uh, I feel like I might have already talked to somebody about this on this podcast, but uh, every time I go to Peru, it's the same thing. Like, I'm there with my family. Mm-hmm. My mom's one of six kids, so I'm there, like, with my aunts and uncles. Yeah. And I don't... I don't feel like I know the country well because I don't spend time with like people my age right same but then there was like okay so we went to alright so we went to my uncle's mistress's family's house for yes I'm gonna say that because I need to be known that Dominican men live this lifestyle and I'm trying to get everyone on board you are putting them on blast right now I will put them on blast I will put I will also point that point out that you're saying this in a really fucking Dominican neighborhood right now. Which I is know great. because half of these niggas out here probably <laughs> have mistresses. Hey, you're my probably right. My Damn. dad definitely did, and my dad is okay. So my dad's white Dominican, my mom's dark skinned Dominican or black Dominican. Okay. So like, so that's where I say like I'm I come from a mixed race family <laughs> because they have their my dad feels like he's never been. His family has never been prejudiced towards my mom, and my mom lives a very different life. She's wow. told me that she's experienced so much prejudice towards his, from his family. Shit. And, like, has been called, like, ugly by them and things like that and been treated a certain way. And then me and my sister are born, and we are, like, these mulatto kids with, like, wavy hair, like, curly wavy hair. My sister's hair is a lot more wavier and longer, so, like... There we have like La India like identities wow. that, they, that they put on us. And your like, parents say that? No, our, their family. Got like it. our families. Got so it. Got mostly it. Got my dad's family because they look at us and they're like, "Oh, these cute little mixed race kids," and they're so blah blah blah. Wait, so they say it in a like, "Oh, they're so cute" kind of way. Is that yeah, what it is? Oh, yeah. oh, that's weird. But then they treat my mom like crap Yikes. because she's darker skin and all that stuff. And white men love dark-skinned women, too. Like, especially... They do! (laughs) I love this. I'm not objecting to any of this. Please continue. They do, especially... Have you ever been to Italy? Uh, Yeah, once when I was uh, younger, when I was in, like, high school. Italian men love dark women. That is a thing. That is a known thing. It's insane. But I feel like... Like, white Dominican men love dark-skinned women. Like, Mm. they are, like... Uh, whatever it's like the grass is always greener right but so we went to my uncle's mistress's family's house for like a christmas dinner jesus christ and they're all white light-skinned dominicans not white but lights like very light-skinned much more fair than i am and 
their kids are around my age. Okay. But I just didn't get along with them. They mm. all, like, had straight hair with extensions in. They lived in this sky rise. Like, and this, wait, is it, so this is the last time you were there? Or, okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. And they lived in this sky rise apartment, like, overlooking all of, like, Santo Domingo. Um, and we were watching the fireworks. And their house is, like, beautiful. Their apartment is beautiful. And the girls, like, the older daughters did not want anything to do with me. Like, because I'm, like, we are different. Uh-huh. Even if we're the same age, we're just different. Even if I did live in Dominican Republic, we probably wouldn't have been friends. Because mm. they were getting ready to go out to the club. That's number one. Like, we would have never been <laughs> Not friends. your thing? Not your no, thing? No, <laughs> not at all. Like... They, you know, had, like, they were, like, like Kardashian girls, you know what I mean? Got it. Interesting. Long hair, had extensions in, already long hair. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're getting ready, and they're, like, really tight bodysuits. And the youngest one, which seemed like the black sheep out of them, she was significantly darker than the other girls. Yeah. Than her older sisters. But she, um, you know, seemed like the oddball and seemed like she wanted to be like her sisters but didn't wasn't you know wasn't old enough to do what they were doing okay so she like hung around me and she was like speaking to me in spanish at first and i was replying to her in spanish and she was like your spanish sounds weird i fucking and i hate, hate that, that because so no much. no shit my spanish sounds weird because i'm I wasn't from another here. country dude exactly i get that all the fuck every time i go to peru i get I comments that. on my spanish yeah i hate that so much and not and not to mention like my spanish like yeah i can turn on the whole dominican accent but uh-huh. my spanish is really not my accent is not dominican my dad is also like he was born in the Dominican Republic but grew up in Puerto Rico so his accent isn't Dominican either. Got it. So I didn't grow up listening to a very So uh, you're just like you're like Dominican you're just like accent. fucking like super mixed on like every level. Yeah. And then I worked in restaurants so much that I you know would pick up like my best friend is from Honduras so mm-hmm. I would pick up a Honduran accent yeah. like my whole life um and growing up or working in restaurants I would pick up Mexican accents so like my accent is so very so when people when when people ask you what like how do you identify what do you say I mean I tell them I identify as Dominican I identify as black cool and Dominican Hmm. sometimes like I don't know depending on what day it is I'll say one before the other but I feel I feel you know, I feel like I belong to both communities, and then I feel like I don't at okay. the same time. Interesting. What What makes you feel like you... Let's start with what makes you feel like you do belong, and then we'll do the shitty stuff. Yeah. I feel like I belong in the sense that, you know, I did grow up with the culture of being Dominican. Mm-hmm. I did grow up with that Dominican culture. I did grow up with, like, the experiences of being a black New Yorker, um growing up in the Bronx and everything with all of my friends. Yeah, where in the Bronx did you go? uh, I grew up in all over the place. So I went to, like, my formative years, which are, like, my middle school years in the Bronx, um, was in the South Bronx off of, like, 3rd Avenue. Okay, cool. Um, And that was a trip. I'm going to write a book just about having gone to P.S., uh, 212. Okay. 
I'll be the first to buy it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it exists anymore, but it was a fucking clusterfuck. And I still feel like maybe my resistance towards blackness was because of going to that school. Really? Because I had like, I had like, there we were, there's a mix of kids in that school. So the kids were not the, the thing. The thing that, like, I had teachers in that school, like one teacher in particular, uh-huh. who um, was very much like black power, like blackness. She encompassed all of it. Um, and her name was Miss Randolph. And I will be writing about her because she really did change my life in a lot of ways. She, like, would pick on me a lot. Shit. Yeah, she would pick on a lot of us girls, um, but she would pick on me the most, and I don't know if it was because, you know, I don't know if it was because of my lack there of identity, like, realizing my identity or, like, realizing my blackness, like... I never, like, she, there was just a lot of, like, how do I say this? There's just a lot of, like, pushback on, from her on, like, whether I, when I felt like I belonged with Uh my friends or not. Like, with the other, I don't know how to, like, articulate this. Yeah. No, I I think I'm with you. But, um... There was just a lot of, like, I was very proud. I'm still very proud to be Dominican, you know? Even with our history, I'm still very proud to be Dominican. And there was pushback from her on that. What, she would, like, tell you you're not Dominican? No, she would just talk a lot of shit about Dominicans. Okay. Yeah, I had a math teacher who was Puerto Rican who would talk a lot of shit about Dominicans. Mm -hmm. And I would go home and I would tell my mom. And I'd be like kind of like ashamed yeah you know oh i don't want to start crying that's okay it's like it's kind of hard to be a kid and feel safe around you know like people that you're supposed to look up to you're supposed to people are supposed to be like mentors and authority figures protecting you and showing you the way and they're sitting here and telling you why you should hate yourself and hate your culture. And that was always hard for me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I still, like, obviously have to work that out with my therapist. But <laughs> And, like, this is why, like, there are tons of situations that, like, I've written down because I want to write a book about my experience. And this is, this, that situation or those situations that I went through in middle school made me negate my Dominicanness and my blackness all throughout high school. So you so, feel like you kind of ran away from it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think I had a I think I had a similar thing. I thankfully did not have um a really shitty teacher like that. Yeah. Uh but I, I had kind of a same uh, thing of wanting to run towards what made me like everybody else. Well, we grew up in different schools. Right, right. But uh, I, I spent most of, like, late middle school to high school years doing whatever I could to assimilate, and then, like, I regretted that later on in life, you know? Same. And that's why in high school I feel like... 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I totally went towards the, all right, I'm going to be, I'm like an alternative girl. <laughs> okay. I was super alternative. How so? <laughs> I, was, I was super like, uh, what's it called? Are you okay with the... Yeah, hold on. There's like one th- weird audio thing. I think I know how to fix. Talk for a second. Uh, hello? That's so much better. Okay. okay, we're good. Keep going. So, yeah, so... Yeah, and in... Well, so for middle school, I went I went to uh, school in the Bronx, had a lot of friends in the Bronx. I think I felt the most, you know tied to my Dominican culture at that time Mm -hmm. Um, and even those stories when I would go home from school and like talk to my mom about things that my teachers would say about Dominicans she would be like her first instinct was to get defensive obviously because she wants to defend her culture and defend her country she would be like we fought for our freedom and Mm -hmm. blah 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 and like that's true a lot of people don't know that we were enslaved like Dominican Republic was enslaved by Haiti for many years and then um, the US helped us gain our independence but also colonized Mm -hmm. us at the same time so it's super complicated right it's very very complicated and a lot of people don't understand that not justifying the now relationship between the Dominican Republic and Haiti Mm -hmm. um but it's just a sad reality and a sad result of our of the history um but I just can't help to feel like when I went back to the Dominican Republic uh with my family the last time they were like at that at that house party at the mistress's party at the mistress's party <laughs> which is how we'll refer to it we'll refer to her as that um <laughs> she uh they would talk about like having their Haitian maids and I Oof. oh it made me so uncomfortable cuz I'm like oof and they're yeah. like, yeah, she's such a good girl. Like, girl. Like, she's a woman. Yeah. Also, you know? Yeah. Like, probably your age or older than you. They refer to them as girls. Right. And then they ref- and then they talk about, like, how, like, they're so good because they don't steal from them and things like that. And I'm just like, my mom's like, oh, maybe I should get a house person. I'm like, you will never <laughs> in your life <laughs> ever have a maid. One, because we don't need it. And two... I will. I won't even. I won't even stand people. for that. Yeah. No, never, never, never. Yeah, I, I mean, want. I grew a up white maid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a white maid would be kind of great. Well, I grew up in a really fucking rich neighborhood, uh, and everybody had a Latina maid. Mm-hmm. Everybody, and it was constantly a, a weird thing when I would go over to people's houses where they would like. I oh man, I really want to name names. There's no way he'll listen to this. <laughs> I'm gonna avoid it. I'm, I'm thinking of one. I want if anybody from my high school is listening to this. There's one. I want you to know there's one specific shitty person that I'm thinking about. But I remember going to this person's uh, this person's house in like the third grade. 
uh, and he was like, it was like giant house. It was my first time there. And I get there and I met his, uh, his Guatemalan nanny whose name I think was Mari, but it was years ago. But, uh, I just remember going to say hi to her and my friend literally went, don't like said, don't talk to her. We don't talk to her. And I was like, what? Wait, what? 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 What do I do? I don't. Uh, that's so. That makes wrong. me so uncomfortable. That, that's so uncomfortable, and that's so like why? I don't know. I don't know. I wish I did. Ugh. That's so gross. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that reminds me of. I just watched The Office earlier, and uh, and Andy Bernard. They always, they, you know, like they have his character as like uh-huh. the rich, privileged kid who. Yeah, he's like the preppy Cornell guy, right? Yeah, who's gotten everything he's wanted, and mm-hmm. he's like, the episode I just watched was of uh, everyone like uh, um, interviewing to be the manager to be like Michael Scott's replacement. Okay, yeah, left. I think I remember. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know how to work. He's like, how do you get something? Like usually when I was younger, we would just write it on a piece of paper, and our maid would go get it on Mondays and Wednesdays. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Yeah. He's like, I can't tell her to get me my management job. <laughs> but yeah, that's so like weird to me. My uh, best friend growing up, her mom was also a maid um, or a house cleaner, and like turned into kind of like caregiver. Uh-huh. For this like rich Jewish family um, on the Upper East Side. That's a funny, I think, pretty common New York story. Mm-hmm. I think of that kind of like bond that develops. Yeah, if there is one. Yeah, and she like they got so she got so close to their family. Like my best friend was close to their family too, and the mother of the family um, ended up passing away from cancer Mm. so like they went to their funeral and everything it was like it was really like it was nice to see them get so close and feel like family you know yeah um and it was just like such a sad outcome but also now they're in each other's lives forever yeah like the kid is now like like my sister, uh, my sister, uh, but my friend, she'd known him since she was, since he was like a baby, and now he's like a teenager. That's crazy. And I don't know, it's it's insane. And now my friend has like a son, so they all like know hey, each yeah. other and are yeah. cool. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So stuff like that is really nice, but I don't know. Interesting. Anytime anybody mentions their. And sometimes people won't, you know how, like, you'll meet a person who, like, they desperately don't want to seem like they grew up with money, and then, Mm -hmm. like, really avoid saying the word maid. Oh, yeah. And they'll just be like, oh, yeah, our, um, our, our friend. (laughs) 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 And just be like, well, say what it, say what it was. Right, grew up with a servant. Right. And that's the reality. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's. Funny, when I got to college, I started thinking... um, And where did you go to college? I went to the new school for undergrad. I went to uh, Eugene Lang for liberal studies. Got it. Um, Before that, I went to conservatory for acting. I went to AMDA. Wait, what conservatory? Oh, you went to AMDA? Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. That was a shit show. (laughs) That's also when I realized I was black, because they were like... They were like, you want to do Shakespeare with an accent, bitch? Skirt. It's not what? happening. They, they told you you couldn't do Shakespeare with an accent? They, 
That, well, not like Shakespeare, but I would never get cast in like the roles I wanted to get cast in. Like okay. I would like I would never get cast in any Tennessee Williams plays that I wanted. It was all it had to be like I got uh, it was in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is a great play, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Raisin in the Sun. Yeah. You know, like very classic black plays. Got it. Um, but at the time. I just knew I wanted... I just wanted to do work from my favorite playwrights. Right. And Tennessee Williams was my favorite playwright at mm-hmm. the time. And I was... I couldn't... I was literally told I could not do it. Jesus. And I took an accent class once and um, wanted to do a monologue from a Tennessee Williams play. And my teacher said, you should look into monologues from Hustle and Flow. And I was like... I'm just going to let that They don't sit. even have... Holy shit. <laughs> they don't even have, like, um, what's her name? Freaking, why can't I remember it right now? Cookie from... Uh, uh, Taraji. Taraji yeah. P. Henson. Yeah. She doesn't even have enough dialogue in that movie to make a monologue. Ugh. Ooh. God, someone in AMSA said that. Yeah. Chris oh, Nair. Wow. Okay. So everyone knows. He I'm looks fucking this, crazy I'm on this his on Facebook, the page. Facebook page. Please let them know because they love they they love to claim people's fame. Mm. Like when Jason Mraz and Jason Derulo both popped. I had no same, idea either one of them were AMDA people. Neither of them graduated. Ah. Uh, they both dropped out. Like they didn't want to be there. Got it. So it's like they claim people that, who left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that says everything you need to know. Exactly. When did so? When did you start acting? Were you acting in high school and stuff? Yeah, I was. I was. I've been acting since I was sixteen. Cool. Um, so I would do like plays, and I was like, I was like that weird girl in high school that also could cry on cue. You, know? you can cry on cue? Yeah. I'm so jealous of that. But that's because I have a lot of emotion. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I'm an empath because mm-hmm. I do take on a lot of people's emotions so much so that my mom is like, you need to stop caring so much. Oh, stop letting stuff get to you. Yeah. That can be an asset, though. It can, and it can also... It's like sometimes a cur- like a curse because I, I will literally take on people's problems as my own mm. when I know it's not... It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. But because I feel the pain or I feel the emotion so intensely, I'm like, it's, uh, and it's funny because I'm a Virgo too. So Virgos are very emotionally blocked. And I think that's the reason why I restrain from getting to know people so intimately or so closely. I didn't know that. Now about we're Virgos. talking about my relationship life. <laughs> Let's get Karen is we single. Can, we can go wherever <laughs> Karen wants to go. I didn't know that about Virgos. I don't. I I only recently started like reading astrology stuff. I'm a Scorpio, which apparently means I'm a terrible person. But I don't really know. know. I think actually Scorpios and Virgos um, get along well. Okay. And do make great romantic partners because the Scorpios give Virgos like help Virgos open up emotionally and Virgos help Scorpios ground themselves a little more. Okay. Um, but it ain't help me when Scorpios, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it just like, again, what is, how does, uh, how, not to be weird, but how, how do you think, um, being mixed has figured into your dating life since we went towards relationships? I, well, have you, dated, have you dated a lot of white people? 
Um, I've I've had my fair share of bed laying. <laughs> Jesus with white men. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Phrase that sentence more uncomfortably. <laughs> My fair share of bed laying. That's amazing. <laughs> um I've like it's never gotten to the point of like cons- like boyfriend girlfriend. Actually, interesting. Um in my 20s I haven't had like a uh, like what I would consider a permanent boyfriend type. Got it. I've dated a lot. I've had. I've said the label, but I didn't mean it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So we've all been there. Yeah, and I think I don't know. You know, like it's kind of hard because in one in one sense, like sometimes I feel like white guys don't understand me or my experience. Mm-hmm. And there was even a white guy who was like, you're not black, you're Dominican. And I'm like, no, that's both. Have you ever heard of intersectionality? Like, I can be both Latina and, uh, yeah, and black. Yeah, also, like, pe- do people just not understand that there are black people in Latino, Latino countries? Like, is I, that, do they think it's just all, like, one exact look of, like, millions of people who look exactly like that? The thing is, I think that they don't, like, I think Americans don't think dark-skinned Latinos are black because... Like, light-skinned Latinos don't think they're black either. You know, like, Mm. I think there's a huge, like, I think, um, I also think, to be honest, like, there are black Latinos, there are black people all over the world, except for, like, English-speaking countries that will come to America and be like, I'm not black. Mm. Like, Africans will come to America and be like, I'm not black American. Mm. Because they don't want to be treated, like, with the same prejudices. but. But at the end of the day, you are experiencing the same kind of prejudices black Americans are experiencing. Right. And you are still black. Like, yeah. we are still black people. Yeah. From different countries. On the, flip side, on the flip side of it, like, no matter how much I internally identify with, like, being a Latino, Latino person, I present as a white man. And yeah. And I benefit from, like, the, the way... This fucking country. The way this country fucking sees you is the way you're going to be treated regardless of how you feel on the inside. Right. Exactly. Do you feel like a black American? I do. Mm. Yeah. Do, I do, do feel your, like I've which experienced one of your, it too. Which one of your parents is the is black? My mom. Does your mom feel like a black American or does she not? No. Mm. I think like when I started leaving my hair curly, my mom used to hate it <laughs> so much. She was She would be like, oh, I look so ugly. Like I can't. Why don't you do something with this? Straighten it so it looks nice and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. and the pushback is obviously my curly hair makes me look more ethnic. Mm. Like, it makes me look more black. Mm. It's just myself. But, like, there's a stark difference between my white, my white hair, <laughs> <laughs> my straight hair, and my curly hair, or my natural hair. And even within this the comedy community, like, somebody, like, I... I've mainly almost always had my hair curly in in improv. Is that a conscious decision? No, it just like was a part of the time of my transitioning, I guess, and my identity, like figuring out my identity. So yeah. I would have my hair was has been curly longer than straight since I've been in the improv community. 
But, like, I straightened my hair once last year for the first time while I was interning at UC, at the Chelsea Theater. Uh-huh. And some, one of, like, my classmates comes in and is like, and he's Caribbean. Black guy, Caribbean. And cool. he's like, he's like, do you got some Indian in you? And I'm like, I don't have to have Indian in me for Come my on, hair dude. to straighten, pin Come straight. On, dude. Like, also, Dominican women are magic with the hair like they know how to straighten hair Mm. and i feel like i've inherited those genes (laughs) so how long have you been in the improv community how long have you been doing comedy and stuff um i started in 2013 okay yeah so i've been doing improv since then um and took a break a little bit after 2014 and came back uh uh, mid 2015 and my hair was curly from then on and that's when I was oh, cool. actively performing and doing a lot more. So yeah. my hair was has been curly since then. But in my earlier pictures, like if you look, if you dive deep into my Facebook photo archive, <laughs> you'll see like my hair when I was performing 101, 201, 301 was always like curly. Huh. Yeah. Or uh, straight, I mean. It was always straight. Oh, right. Yeah, I went yeah. from straight to curly. Until I, until I started transitioning. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like you, it's like a... It's like you had your, like, superhero origin story, and then you, like, found your powers and came back ten times stronger. You know, it's funny when I use the word transitioning because I feel like I got some pushback from the trans community for For using using that. For using the word transitioning? Yeah, but hair, I mean hair transitioning, and I also mean finding my identity. And I do believe that, like, you can, like, you go through a bit of of a transition from... Mm-hmm. within your identity when you're becoming quote unquote we maybe quote unquote woke or like finding your your true self mm-hmm. so i feel like there is a bit of transition there yeah when do you th- when did that start for you that transition definitely at amda okay cuz i was i was i experienced the most absurd like outright racism there mm. Um, from faculty and or students or both from faculty and students yeah, yeah. Um, and there was another guy who was uh, Puerto Rican and Cuban that was in my cohort and he uh, was dark skinned too and we would talk about it all the time mm. like like he was in limbo because he was definitely a Latin man he was definitely like a Latin gay man yeah. and like spoke very quickly uh-huh. and had you know like he and I both spoke Spanish but he wasn't cast in like black roles, but he wasn't cast in like you know like yeah. he was always also in limbo. I always felt in limbo. Lim- limbo is a good way to put it. It's like you feel uh, uh, unable to like fall into any category, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfucking fortunately, being an actor is about other people putting you into categories. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I'm so glad I started doing improv because. Although I never remember experiencing, like, crazy, like, racial microaggressions in class or anything like that. Nothing Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't call out. Yeah. But um, it taught me that I'm not going to wait to get cast in roles. You know, I'm just going to make them. Hell yeah. Which is why I spend most of my time creating my own shit instead of, like, um, auditioning. Which I still should audition more. But yeah, but I know I think you're speaking to something uh, something really smart. Like the only the only reason any of the like 
racial socioeconomic change in the entertainment industry has happened is because those people made that project right. and made people be interested in it. Right, yeah. Like, if you just wait around to be handed a, a great woke opportunity, it's not going to happen because yeah. the industry's fucked up. It's not made that way. They yeah. they think about it in a way, in, like, terms of business. Like, what has worked in the past? What can I repeat? Like, a formula. Yeah, and what quota can I hit? Yeah. So if this worked, I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. But they don't understand that other things work, yeah. too. You know? That's cool. So you started doing improv, and you started feeling like, oh, I want to make more of my own stuff. Yeah. So what kind of stuff did you start making at that point? Um, well, I do my own, like... Just just recently, up until like from since January, I started doing YouTube videos again. So I do a lot of that mm-hmm. writing. I'm a subscriber. Everyone should subscribe. Oh yes, subscribe to my YouTube channel <laughs> at the Karen Sep. Yes, yeah, we'll plug everything at the oh, end. Oh yeah, yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> Save that shit for the end. <laughs> but doing a lot of that, like writing my own stuff there, um, and being able to produce my own shows, mm-hmm. you know, has also been really great yeah yeah is being able to do that type of stuff i would love to because i feel like i i write a lot of web series and pilots that i will love to get off their feet this year uh-huh. um get them on get them on its feet or whatever the phrase is yeah we know what you're saying yeah that'll <laughs> hopefully show a different side of like blackness and like being from the Bronx that people haven't seen before. Okay. Because I think it's I think there's a caricature that's played or portrayed from people from New York in general. Yeah. But also like people of color from New York. Mm-hmm. Like I want to show what it's like being a unicorn in the Bronx, you know. Like, I don't specifically feel like I'm 100% a unicorn. Um, I do and I don't. Yeah. What do you think, you, what do you mean by unicorn? I think I know what you mean, like, but I want them to, yeah. to know. Like, just being, like, the black sheep, like, not the the stereotyped, like, quote-unquote, ghetto girl, mm-hmm. which I would be typecast into a lot. Right. Um, because that is a side of me, but... There's also this the intellectual side, the you know artistic side of me. Yeah. Um, there's so many parts of me that, and the fact that like, um, one of my AMDA teacher also one of my AMDA teachers also said that I speak in perfect American standard, which is like I don't have an accent. Okay. So I don't have a Bronx accent unless I turn on my Bronx accent. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so. There's a lot of times where I'm, like, being told that I sound white. Ugh, yeah. Where it's, like, I don't feel like I sound white. I feel like I sound like myself, but I don't feel like... I feel like I'm articulating and enunciating my words. Mm -hmm. And why is that attributed to whiteness? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's shitty. That is shitty. Yeah, and I have a lot of friends of color who speak the same way. Mm Mm-hmm. And for some reason, nobody sees that. Nobody knows that. And now there's blackish out there that's like, right. like the Cosby show in the past, blackish presently or, or currently shows that there are people of color that are educated and aren't like lab- don't like 
speak a certain way just because they're from a certain part of town Got it. or whatever. Um, so that stuff's starting to come into the writing more? So. Yeah, that's, that's what funny. I want to show more. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to see these things. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm really like, I'm almost done with this one web series and I'm really hoping that we shoot it this summer because I feel like, I feel like it'll definitely, it's like good. That's great. I feel very proud of the writing. Have you, well, how how long have you been writing stuff? Like forever? My entire life. So has has your kind of identity always gone into the writing or was that a recent development? No, my identity has always been in my writing. Hmm. I think, I think as, I feel like as writers, people who say like, I don't write my, I bow myself, they're just lying. It's impossible not to. Yeah. Like, a part of me is in all of the characters that I write. Yeah. I think it's impossible not to, maybe unless you're white. (laughs) I mean, maybe, yeah. (laughs) Maybe. And like writing fake accents that you don't have or something like that. Yeah, just writing about shit you have no business yeah. writing about. But that, a conversation for another day. Right. Where is it? Yeah, well, uh, oh, fuck. I feel like I derailed a good conversation topic. But uh, that's why I was pissed at Juno Diaz, who would like get defensive about his writing. And mm-hmm. like when women would, would like kind of not... I don't want to say, would question his characters as sexist and things like that. He would get so defensive. Mm. I was like, my characters aren't, sense, aren't sexist. Where do you see that? What are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's because he doesn't real he didn't realize his own sexism. Yeah. And him saying that these characters are not him. Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> they clearly are you, bro. Yeah. You literally, like, they are you. Yeah, well, everybody has trouble seeing their blind spots. Yeah. No, yeah, that's true. It's very, very true. <sighs> I feel like I wonder what's going to come out in, in, like, ten years about me. Oh, yeah, you think you're going to have some skeletons in the closet? I feel like I have. I probably will. I'm problematic in my own way. Who isn't, though? Yeah. Like, I say, like, I refuse to date Dominican men. <laughs> <laughs> now, why... Lay out, so lay out, like, try, I want you to play the blogger who's pissed at you for that when you're famous in 10 years and what that, like, shitty thing they're going to write about you. Like, what would they say to that? It would be like, she talks about being, like, they would probably be like, she talks about, like, being a part of this community and vouching for people of color and blah, 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 but she doesn't want to date Dominican men. Like, if I'd marry, if I ever got married with a white man, I think everyone would flip their fucking shit. Really? Would your friends kill you? My friends all think I hate white people, and I don't. My dad is white, and, like... (laughs) I don't hate white people. I just hate when they don't notice their privilege. Mm. You know? Like, I do not like that sort of thing. Right. (laughs) I also feel like I get a lot of slack when I say, like, Donald Glover and his wife or whatever, when I talk shit about that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking shit about that to talk shit about that because he's, you know, claiming claiming his blackness and like all of this stuff but he's never done anything for the black community up until this point Mm -hmm. up until like he figured out he was black because people in the industry literally told him like chevy chase told him you would have never been famous if you weren't black Mm -hmm. 
like on community. Yeah. You know, so like that's really shitty. And I understand why he had this whole epiphany. Yeah. Um, and like kind of like swerved, curved, like swerved his his ideas. Um, but like I've I never felt like growing up, I didn't know I wasn't Dominican. Like I always knew I was Dominican. Like yeah. I always like I always been attracted to Dominican men and all men. I think that's, I guess, the nice thing about being Dominican is because there are so many different colors and, right. you know, yeah, like, yeah. I never felt like I was attracted to white Dominican men more than black Dominican men or whatever, especially since I had two, like, an interracial, interracial parents right. who kind of gave me that example. I never felt like I had to... Are your parents sort of, like, about you marrying a Dominican man? Is that their... I'm sure they would love that. Mm. Do you think they'd be pissed if you didn't? No. My mom remarried a Puerto Rican man, and my sister is currently married to a Puerto Rican man, which is kind of, like, apples and oranges, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, the same, but fruits, but different types. (laughs) Fruits, but different types. That's amazing. (laughs) You know, like, still Latino. Like, I feel like if they'd be very happy if I got married to a Latino because they can communicate with them easily. Right, yeah, But I don't think they would be upset if I... They, like, wouldn't care who I married as long as I married someone that I I love. Got it. And being the way that I am, like, I asked my mom all these questions when I was younger. Because I was just, like... That kind of kid who, like, didn't like injustice or didn't like uh-huh. unfairness. Yeah. So I'd be like, Mom, would you be upset if you ever found out your son was gay? And, like, I would ask her all of these questions <laughs> when I was young. Her. I would grill her OD. Uh. She was like, no, no, like, no, no. But obviously. She passed the test? No, because she has her own unconscious, like. Sure, yeah bullshit that everybody does but i check it like i'll check her on it i'll check my dad on it too Uh um uh because i just don't ever like that's great so you've always been you've always been down with checking people that's a that's not a quality everybody has that's like an enviable quality yeah i only do it with people who i feel like are worth it like i'm not gonna do it to everyone some people are not worth the energy yeah yeah like, I do have friends out here who will take their time to explain racism to a white person, and I don't feel like I... Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's necessary for me. Like, I'm not going to sit here and teach anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, there are ways for people to learn. Um, and even if you're my very, very good friend who's a white person, mm-hmm. like, I'm still not going to sit here. Well, it's not your job. It's not. Yeah. It's not my job. And it causes, like, again, I'm an empath, so it causes me a lot of stress Yeah, <laughs> to have to do that. Um, yeah. But I just, like, um, like, in the dating world. Okay, we'll jump back there. I guess. Um, I don't know. I've never, I haven't, like... I haven't dated another Latino in a while. And I don't know if that's because, like, I don't happen to find... Because it's hard to find this mixture, Mm. okay? Like, this mixture of a person who is both from the hood... Yeah. Like, like, woke. (laughs) You know, like, I don't want to say educated, but, like, intelligent. Okay. Like... 
like doesn't have to be like or have degrees but like is smart and you know is sensible and has common sense uh-huh. um that isn't right racist yeah or homophobic yeah like i dated this one guy like not everyone meets all of those qualities like i dated this one guy who seemed to have serious like homophobic tendencies mm. and that's hard it's like and you find that in a lot of, like, hood guys from the Bronx. A lot of Latinos in general. Hell a of, yeah. A lot of my family are that way, for Super sure. Super homophobic. For sure. And I can't... I don't like that. Yeah. Because there's obviously something that you are repressing. Yeah. Like, the biggest... the You know, uh, the emptiest barrel always sounds the loudest. Like... Oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Like, if you're... If, like, when you don't understand something, you, right. like... Are the first one to like be against it or be like like, the emptiest barrel always sounds the loudest? It's like rings the loudest or like something like that. Okay, I like that. I've never fucking heard that before. I also say that to stupid people. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a politically correct term, right? Or maybe it's the R word. (laughs) But yeah, I usually do. I'll. How about in, like, because you've been in the comedy community for a while now. Do you find yourself checking people in that community? Oh, or you yeah. Don't, or you don't bother? No, I do. Like, I'll check people in, uh, like, during, like, if something uncomfortable happens during a set or something like that or in class, like, I'll check you. Yeah. But I'm not going to take my time out to explain anything to you. Right. I'm going to yeah. check you and say, like, that's not cool. That's wrong. I'm not going to take my time out to coddle you, right. to like coddle anybody right. or to make them f- or like to explain to them why I checked them in the first place, you know? Got it. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, that's my style of doing things. Like maybe some people don't feel like it's very productive. And to be honest, I don't care. Yeah. But is it? I don't know. I have to also preserve my sanity. I was going to say, I understand the point of... Um, of um is that productive i understand where that comes from i think yeah uh, especially from white people because i am half white uh, like i understand that impulse but i think people have to realize like it's not you can't put the burden on the other person to like have to educate you about the thing you might have done wrong like you have to take it upon yourself to like actually ask yourself those questions if you're asking other people those questions it's not <laughs> i don't think you are you good <laughs> My point was so good, I made Ken <laughs> go into a coughing fit. And by so good, I mean my point was all over the place. Do you need more water? No. Okay. <coughs> Sorry. No, you're all right. You're good. It is very stuffy in this room. Ooh. No, you're good. I just like... I was trying so hard not to cough because you were making such a good point. <laughs> and I wanted to let you finish. That's cool. I forget what I was saying anyway. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's not your job to have to explain that right. stuff to somebody, uh, even if you do check them. Right. And and by checking, I don't mean like, I don't stop the scene and and I'm like, <coughs> sorry. Yeah. And by checking, I don't mean that I'm going to stop the scene and point a finger at them and be like, you're racist. That was racist. Like, that's attacking. Yeah. I'm never going to do that. Mm -hmm. I did that in 
college because it was literally like a class on race. Okay. So when somebody would say a racist comment, I'd be like, that's racist. But performing, I'm not going to do that. Mm. I'm going to call it out in character say like, well, that's problematic for a white person to say or like, you know, something like that. Something that's along the lines and will help continue move the story along. But I'm not going to just like attacking is not is not productive. It's not conducive to like. Yeah. Even when even when it's deserved, Uh, because unfortunately, especially in a community that's dominated by white people, the reaction to like that kind of tactic is always going to be like, oh, this person's difficult. Or like, oh, this person's just like wants to right. make trouble when that's bullshit. Yeah, like I never go around and be like, I'll never say things like, <clears throat> how do I phrase this? I do know people who will different definitely be like, I'm a woman of color. Like, do you understand how you're treating me? X, Y, and Z. Like, I'll never say things like that. Mm, why not? Because um, I I don't feel like... I feel like then we're pr- playing, like, a weird oppression game. Mm. I'd rather, like, if I feel a microaggression or something like that, like, I'll call it out in the most rational, calm way that I can. Mm-hmm. Or I might not say anything if I don't feel like the person is worth, worth my time. Got it. And there are even... Like, with some Latinos, I won't even call out because I'm like, this is not my time, like, yeah. worth my time. And at a certain point, like like you said, taking care of your sanity, taking care of your mental health is, like, priority number one in those situations. Yeah. Exactly. Nah, yeah. <clears throat> but with, like, dating, I don't date in the improv community. Good. It's my number one rule. Solid decision. But what I find, what's hard, what I feel like I miss within the, like, people of color in the improv community that, like, that attracting factor, that, yeah. the factor, the missing key that would make me attracted into another person uh-huh. is that hood mentality. <laughs> I miss, I need it. Are you feel? Are you saying like you feel like that's missing from the community? Yeah, got it. Like sometimes if I like talk to guys or get to know guys, like like men of color or white men, like there's just like that hood mentality that I'm missing. Mm. Like the mentality that I'm gonna let you run shit because you are the woman in charge. Mm. But if something goes down, you best believe <laughs> I'm gonna take care of it. Wow, you're really you're saying you haven't found that in improvisers. <laughs> My goodness. I had one guy that I dated last year, not in improv. He was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. But he literally told me, um, if we if if something ever happened and we were gonna get into a fight with people, I'm not fighting. <laughs> I was like, you don't have to fight because I'm gonna take care of myself. Holy shit. But That's... are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. Well, this is. I think this is good advice for all the improvisers listening out there. Learn to fight better. (laughs) (laughs) Be willing to fight. I like it. It's not even like I'm not ever. I'm not like crazy aggressive or like. No, no, no. I'm aggressive in the sense that like I go after what I want, um, and I say what's on my mind. Yeah. But 
I'm not like a fighter. I'm not going to go out and like storm the streets and like be like, oh, somebody made me mad. I'm going to start fighting them. No, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's not going to be my deal. But I want to know that if I'm ever in a public situation with my partner, that they'll, they'll like, yeah, they're going to have your back. They're going to have my back. They're going to be there. Or take care of it. Whether that means they need to get into a physical altercation, hopefully they don't. Yeah. Or they need to be like, hey, don't talk to my person like that and yeah. walk away. Yeah, 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 Even that little thing is, like, enough for me. Yeah, it's safety and security. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> you should see me right now. I have the biggest <laughs> smile on my face. She does. She does. I'm reminiscing on a time where like some guy did that for me. And oh my I god! Tell me the entire story. You don't have to say names if you don't want. Well, to. he was a hood guy, but he met all of the qualities except for he was a fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like he had homophobic tendencies. Okay. Which is probably because he probably wants to taste, but. Wow. You know, I truly believe that. I truly believe, like, if you are what, the, super, the, like... That most, like, rampant homophobes have some repressed tendencies? Yeah. Mm, it's a popular they theory. a little taste. Like, get a little taste. Nobody's gonna care. Yeah. <laughs> but he... We were, like, standing out in front of my house at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, and... We, like, hear this person coming down the block in their, like, flip-flops, of course. In the dead of the winter, you're wearing flip-flops. And it's two, so it sounds, like, really loud. Uh-huh. And then they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And we're, like, snuggling or whatever before I have to go inside. And they get closer, and they say, they're like, yo. And he turns around, and he's like like ready he's like what's good i was like in that moment i was like oh yes <laughs> i was like "Ooh." wait hold on wait um, who's this just like a random dude in flip-flops yeah yeah okay but cool. he was on the phone and we didn't see him on the phone obviously <laughs> oh that's so that's so why he funny. said yo like in a really loud like yo like trying to talk to somebody um and then he walked away and then my um the person the guy was like he was like, you're about to see a side of me that I never wanted you to see. And, was, and you're like, I want to see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then that like ended shortly thereafter because he was a fuckboy. boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll happen. Yeah. You know, type of people who like want to get close to you, but like are not interested in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Those types. Mm-hmm. So like let it be known if you do that like you are a fuckboy like it's not there's nothing wrong with like telling people your intentions from the very beginning Mm. you know yeah this is a nice educational segment of the show right now right (laughs) what is this is this a date or are we hanging out as friends that is a very easy thing to do. Yeah. And once you establish that there's no bad blood you know we could have still been friends but I don't know. <laughs> Things happen. But also a hood guy and like from the Bronx and Latino. Yeah. Like and also very smart and like charismatic and very you know, like I love all those things. But I you don't have know. To, you have to find the right mixture, right? That's what that's what we're looking yeah. for at the end of the day. Yeah. And no homophobes. No homophobes. I understand. 
Well, whatever. I mean, it's partially a cultural. If if we're just talking about Latinos, it's definitely a cultural thing. Oh, and it's, it comes uh, for you know, sure. Really, I don't know. Is everybody Catholic in DR? Yeah. Yeah. It's Catholic in, or Christian in Peru? It's yeah. like everybody's Catholic, and most of it comes from that. Hell yeah. From God. Yeah. How do you feel yeah. about God? <laughs> <laughs> I used to call myself an atheist all throughout high school, my mm-hmm. alternative phase, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but now I just feel like, I feel like, I, my, I guess my beliefs align with Buddhism a lot more now. Huh. It's a lot more of like finding, this, finding your center, the strength, strength within, being grounded in yourself so you don't let things outside drama or things or people like affect you in that sort of way being like enlightened in that sense but i do believe like there is like you know a spiritual unexplainable presence yeah do you meditate yeah i do nice how long have you been doing that um for a couple of years now for like two years i just started trying to meditate last week for like the first time ever and i'm shitty at it it's hard but it was it's really nice though yeah it's nice when you like i hadn't done it in a while just because of midterms and all that stuff this past semester really fucked with me Uh um so i'm trying to get back into like uh meditation and yoga more like on a schedule again yeah but and that's something I picked up from my mom because my mom does that. Oh, cool! Too, um, a lot of Dominicans are Buddhist. Really? Yeah. Wow, I never would have known. Especially in New York, like Millie is a Buddhist. Cool. Yeah, my best friend Dasan, like growing up in in the Heights, her family is Buddhist. Wow. Um, yeah, and it, it's just very interesting. I think. Like, once they see that there are other religions out there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fuck Christianity. Yeah, they're like, all right, I don't think this is working out for me. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, at an early age, I, my whole family just decided, like, yeah, this is not for us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I haven't gotten super deep into, like, reading Buddhist texts or anything like that. Maybe I should try it. Yeah, it's, it's, I like that it's very much, like, within outer like like you find grounding yourself within to like affect your demeanor and like the outer world and how you Mm. are in the world and how you treat other people in the world yeah as opposed to how i feel like christianity is where it's like you have to abide by these rules to be able to enter heaven right and all that does is reinforce like a shame and guilt yeah and like god is the one that you like god is the person you have to appease kind right. of thing um which christians are probably going to be like she doesn't know christianity but that's how dude we're gonna have so many different groups <laughs> mad at us after this <laughs> probably yeah the fuck boys the christians <laughs> so many people are gonna hate us i have i do really well with the fuck boy demo too so. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just, I I don't like that. I I just never liked the idea of like he's number one, yeah, or like he or God. But mm-hmm. they give him the he, his pronouns. Yeah. So right. I don't like the God is number one because I never did re- really well with like depending on other people, mm. <laughs> and like. 
no, you can't do everything yourself. So that's why people do result to like, God will do it for me. Right. Like I'll leave it in God's hands, that type of like mentality. Um, And I appreciate that because that relieves the stress and pressure on yourself. But I don't like that because I don't feel like it holds me accountable. Mm. I don't feel like it, I don't feel like it gives me power or control over my life. Mm. Um, And I didn't have the best examples within my family of God, letting God take the wheel. You know, like (laughs) I have family members who are are like, are your parents religious? No, not at all. Okay, cool. But I had I've had aunts who are like I let God take the wheel like, like, like God'll you know take care of it and like mm-hmm. they have pretty shitty lives. Yeah, we all have those aunts. Yeah, we all have like those really aunts. shitty lives because they will not take responsibility for their own actions. Mm. And I know a lot of people will say like, oh well. That's not the point. The point is, like, you find yourself through God and then you take responsibility for your life in order to meet his standards. But I don't like the idea of meeting anybody's standards. I feel like I have my own standards for myself already. Yeah. Like, I'm a Virgo. And it's already hard enough to live up to your own standards, Exactly. Then to live up to another set of standards. Yeah. But it's hard not to care about other people's standards, man. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. This is very Dominican. Yeah. No, welcome to my neighborhood. <laughs> this has happened to like on three other episodes. I'll yeah. reiterate for the audience. I'm I don't have money to produce this thing <laughs> to buy studio time, so this is what you get. It's nice, it's a soundtrack. Yeah. It's and for this episode it fits because we're talking about being Dominican. Word. Yeah. What it, what's your like favorite Dominican food? Uh, oh, I just bought the um, the galletas, the crackers that are like basically just like flour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fucking love those because I used to live on 204th and Sherman, uh, and I just like was really fucking broke and subsisted on those because it was like a dollar a bag for like the giant bag of like Dominican crackers. Yeah, that's my go-to right now. Those are great. I love. But if you have recommendations, please. Well, I mean, I love Dominican food. There's, like, my mom just came back from a party yesterday, um, and she had, like, benil and, like... I like benil. um, Pasteles, which are great. And pasteles are just the plantain version of um, tamales. Mm -hmm. So those are great. I love tamales, too, because Mm -hmm. I I didn't grow up eating them, so I love eating tamales. Yeah. Um, Pastelitos. Do you guys call them empanadas? Yes, we do. But we bake out. You guys fry them. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was trying to make my mom's empanadas um, a couple months back, and I went to seven grocery stores in this neighborhood and couldn't find the right dough because every uh, every bodega here is Dominican and yes. they only have the Goya. the deep fried Goya kind. So I had to like go to Port Chester where there are a bunch of Peruvian markets to get the right dough to make empanadas. What kind of dough is it? I, it's like the same thing, but it's just like it's also Goya, but it's just better for going in the oven instead of the fryer. Oh, okay. Because if you put the ones, if you put like the Dominican ones in the oven, they like don't cook evenly and mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know, they're more you gotta thin them out for frying. I don't know, man. I'm not that good of a cook. Okay. I, it's funny. I just know that it doesn't taste the same. Yeah. I wrote, so like I wrote a sketch about like, it's called like, what's the dough? And I don't know if it's ever going to go up or out or anything, but. Oh, you shot it already? No, no. Oh, okay. 
um, like up on stage or anything like that. But it's just basically a bunch of people fighting over what this specific like doughy meat pocket is, whether it's pastelitos or empanadas or Italian empaga in empanagatis or oh that's great so they're just all fighting over what the name or, of this is yeah or wrote or like uh yeah rotini right no that's a um, pasta no it's a i forgot what it is i forgot what that it sounds is. like a fun sketch though but every country has this type of thing yeah it's just sure. dough either baked or fried with meat or like either savory or sweet mm-hmm. like it's very interesting. Yeah, for me, that is an empanada. Mm-hmm. And it will never be anything else, and I'll fist fight yeah. someone. I, I will fight <laughs> and someone. And for me, it's a pastelito. <laughs> well, yeah. agree to disagree. Yeah, it's, a, it's you know, I'm always like, it's a pastelito. <laughs> and, like, and it's funny, because in the sketch, I'm like, well, the edges are curled. <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. Every single pastry has <laughs> curled edges. It's like every country in the world has this dish and it's so funny it's just the poor man's like meal yeah it's easy to make Mm -hmm. and so cheap that's nice that's nice that it's uh even though the names are different it's like a universal thing Mm -hmm. it's fun to find the universalities yeah i think my for the longest time i would always be on the like empanada versus pastelito but knowing that there are like everyone around the because i did so much research for this sketch because i had to find more names yeah and knowing that everyone around the world has a different type, a different name for the same type of thing, yeah. whether the dough is a little different here or there, made mm-hmm. a little differently, it's still the same dish. Very, very interesting. Beautiful. Well, okay, I think we're we're like around an hour, so we can probably wrap up. Is there anything else you're dying to talk about? Um. Hmm. Uh, not really. Maybe I feel like on the bus ride home, I'm gonna think about. 10 different things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, that's fair. But that's why, you know, this show's going to be around yeah. for a while. We'll have you back. Oh, be yes. Back. Yeah. Um, but look out for... Oh, yes. Plugs. Plug My book plug in, everything. like, 10 years. <laughs> look out for Karen's book. What's it going to be called? In 10 years, it's going to be I have no idea. I have... I want to write so many books. I used to write children's stories when I was a kid. Oh. <laughs> Do you still have them around? No. No. Why not? I don't know. My mom probably threw them out when I was younger. But I had this one book called Karen, Laren, and Saren. And it was three girls. (laughs) Karen, Laren, and Saren? Yeah. Okay. Just like with the same-ish type of name. Self-centered much? (laughs) And they used to do the same things together. It was... You know, you'll bring that shit back. Innovative, <laughs> <laughs> but these books will definitely be more like thoughtful. Cool, a lot more th- thoughtful. And what's your uh, what's your YouTube them. channel again? Oh yes, it's the Karen Sepp, T H E K A R E N S E P, on YouTube, and that's the same handle for my Twitter and my Instagram, um, which. I feel like I hardly post on recently, but... Really? I feel like I see you on there pretty yeah. often. Yeah. I'm, like, in the middle of, uh, I don't know, rebranding? Oh, I don't know. Right. I think I'm at the stage where I feel like I need to nail down my brand. <laughs> There's that word. There's <laughs> that word we all love. Just, like, I want everything to look cohesive, so I feel like 
I haven't been posting as much because I, I want to revamp some things. That's fair. Well, we just spent an hour talking about like your like beautiful individuality and all of these complications, and now we're immediately like, well, what's my brand for my <laughs> YouTube channel? I guess I wanted to reflect more on on who I am. Yeah. Which, it's I talk about all these things, and I'm trying to figure out how to emerge them into like my writing mm-hmm. and my sketches for my YouTube channel in particular because uh-huh. I haven't done anything race related or yeah. like identity related on there yeah. yet but we'll see I'm trying to figure that stuff out I do a, a lot with like sketch like like theater like performance sketch yeah. but not like sketch on like film sketch digital got it got it um, well everything's a process yeah 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 but it should be a fun experience. That's great. <laughs> Trying to figure it out. Is there anything else you want to plug? Are you doing any sh- live shows nowadays? Oh, wait. When's this going up? Um, Like two weeks from now. I have one already edited that's going to drop on Tuesday, so you'll be the following Tuesday. Okay. I'll be the following Tuesday. So then this will be right before um, I am performing in a sketch show at the Magnet... Um, training center. Cool. It's called, I think it's called What's the Flavor? Oh, I saw you post about this. Yeah. yeah. That should be fun. Um, that's going to be on the 12th and the 20 something. Uh, I think. <laughs> Karen does not look confident about this. So maybe, maybe look that up. Yourself. Look at it's, I did not tell you that you were going to be plugging things. So if anything, this is my fault. <laughs> All this to say, Karen's very busy, and you can see her all over the place. Oh, yeah. So that, what, the flavor sketch show that I'm writing and and performing in is on the 17th and the 27th. I am also hosting the Diverse as Fuck Variety Night at the Caveat. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's going to be fun, and that's on the 14th. And then, you know, there's going to be a lot more stuff. Videos coming out every Tuesday now on on okay. my YouTube channel. Holy shit! I release on Tuesdays, so we'll be release date buddies <laughs> or enemies. No buddies. I don't know. I feel like if I don't get better numbers than you, then well, I'm switching from Fridays to Tuesdays because Tuesdays <laughs> more people check social media. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I picked the right day. Fridays, people are like, fuck it, I'm done, I'm going to go true. hang out with my friends and, That's like, true. party and stuff. They hardly- Yeah, Tuesdays, like, early in the week, people still think the world is, like, worth caring about. Yeah. Monday, <laughs> don't do Monday. People are not with the shits on Mondays. <laughs> They're like, I hate my life. I have to go back to work. Oh, that great. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, Karen, thank you so much for coming Thank today. you for having this me. This was lovely. This was lovely. And we'll definitely have you back again. And I, when I say yeah. we, I mean me. <laughs> We, the whole audience. Yeah, all my people. Everyone's here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye, everyone. Goodbye. (laughs) 
and that's it for episode five of La Mescla. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the song that you're hearing is uh, Come With Me by Mateo Sounds off his EP Eight Hours to Brazil, which is available for purchase on iTunes. Um, the visual art was done by Esther Burke, who, uh, fun fact, is my sister. <laughs> um, please rate, review, and subscribe, uh, and make sure to keep up on the Facebook page. Uh, I'm going to try to be more active about posting and getting people to uh, like it because I am really loving these conversations. We're getting great feedback uh, and I want more people to hear these experiences. Uh, I hope you have a great day. Like this.